0: Gentlemen, welcome back to these go to eleven. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Greg Dutcher sitting across from me. Greg, what's going down, man?
1: Dude, it is awesome to have you back, Nathan. It's good to be back. I missed you hugely, not just because of your technical expertise, <laughs> although we missed that. But uh, Nathan was away the last week or yeah. so, uh, and it's the first ever we did a, uh, our bonus episode with yeah. uh, Steve Molesky, Scott Perry. On baseball, yeah. fun episode, but dude, just felt weird. Yeah, I'm looking across at your chair, and there's nobody <laughs> sitting in it, man. Um, and then tonight, the night we are recording, yep. is opening day for the Orioles. Yes. I just got a text update that it's tied two to two, ah, so we'll okay. see how so. that uh, plays out. Yeah, but I'm yeah. doing great, man. Yeah, baseball season is starting, yep. so I'm excited about that. More excited that you're back, though. Thank you. Thank so you got to tell us how, how was the trip out dude, there, dude?
0: It was. It was. Awesome. We, uh, we hauled it out there 44 yeah. hours um, people, from Maryland to uh, Coronado, California.
1: Maryland to California, people. 44 hours. Yeah. Wow. So
0: um, we, our longest stop, I think we clocked in at a half hour. Um, going out there and we did that intentionally we knew we wanted to do that because we were trying to get out there as fast as we could to see Joy's brother her sister-in-law and their uh, new little baby girl Ava Yeah, Um, such a cutie so we had a blast spending time with them Um, her brother was actually able to get two days of leave that we weren't anticipating he would have so we got to see um, him a lot more than than we thought we would which was uh, so exciting Wow. and then uh, coming back was slower we stopped uh, at the Grand Canyon um kind of meandered our way through the Rocky Mountains and t- took a few more stops and rests yeah. uh, coming back than we than we did going out. Yeah, so. and, and
1: here you are in late March, early April, hitting like three feet of snow at the top yeah, of the mountain.
0: Yeah. So uh yeah, that was uh that was the uh danger zone uh for us driving through. Thankfully Joy was asleep because I, I think she would have been a little uh freaked out going up this uh mountain. I, I don't know, it was 16 17,000 foot mountain um meandering through um you know these windy turns no guardrails wow. it's snowing um and it's progressively getting the the, the ground is getting snowier and snowier wow. as we're going up by the time we get to the top there's 3 feet of snow on the ground and then the problem isn't the top the problem is now once you're at the top and at the peak you've got to come back down, the down yeah, man, um,
1: dude. You just described the opening aerial shot of The Shining, yeah. Uh, if you remember, man, Jack Torrance, Jack, <laughs> yep. Jack Nicholson, and his family, Shelley, them They're driving through the mountains. Yep, <laughs> eerie as all get out. man. Yeah. how high you are in Colorado? Oh yeah, yeah,
0: wow. and it's um. I mean, it's it's really cool and really exciting. Uh, The snow doesn't really freak me out. The mountains don't really freak me out. I grew up in New Hampshire, so we've got all that. But this is just this was a different tone and feel. Driving through this at four in the morning, um, you know, having had little sleep at this point. Wow. um, It it was just it was eerie doing that. But um, but I, I would love to do it again during the day and get a full appreciation for the scope of of what I did.
1: Wow. So. Wow. And dude, you know, while you were gone, I mean, this was in the works beforehand, yep. but we got our first sponsor.
0: Yes, I heard that. So I'm going to let you talk about that, Greg, and uh, give our audience a little bit of a taste of things to come.
1: Absolutely, man. Uh, MissionAware.com uh, is an awesome website. I think a lot of our listeners already know about it because we're in the pub. Mm-hmm. The guest we have tonight is Awesome Yes, from Apologia so Radio. Can't wait to get to him. We'll get to there in just a moment. Uh, and I know uh, Mission Aware has backed them too. Mission Aware is one of the coolest sites out there, man, in terms of T-shirts, beer mugs, Steins, mm-hmm. bumper stickers, uh, the, the, the whole nine yards. Um, to take Spurgeon, Edwards, Calvin... And uh, I don't want to say make them cool. They already are cool. But to bridge the divide between, That's you right. know, shall we say... To,
0: to media them?
1: Yes, exactly. To take the 17th century, 16th century giants, bring them into the 21st century in a really cool, hip way. Mission Aware is awesome. They're going to partner with us for the foreseeable future. Yep. Just want to say to our listeners, if you go to missionaware.com and uh, you use our code which is these go to 11, uh, the numbers, 1-1, one, one, these go to 1-1. One, one, uh, you'll get 10% off. Uh, you can put that in on the promo code there when you go to pay. And uh, they're sending us, Nathan, a bunch of stuff. Um, I told them that we're extra skinny size. <laughs> and I told them I need the skinny jeans version of the Spurgeon. Of the shirt. <laughs> yeah, the Spurgeon Jordache jeans look. Now, they don't really have that, but they have so much cool stuff um and we're really really excited about them we have another sponsor as well that we'll talk about probably in a week or two uh but missionaware.com these go to 11 the numbers one one get you a little bit of a discount just check it out great stuff uh on there fun stuff too and in future days they're going to be carrying some of our stuff as well
0: that's right yeah so very excited about that um we don't want to delay any longer though No, we are super excited about um, our guest that we have on Marcus Pittman, aka King Ginger from Apologia Radio. Marcus, how are you
2: today? I'm doing great, man. We are. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to be on this show. It's nice. We're we're
0: so excited to have you on. Um, I know Greg and I have both uh, listened to the show and um, just love what you guys are doing over there. And so um, we just want to get a chance to uh, for our listeners who may not um, be in the crossover yet between some of the podcasts. um, Tell our listeners a little bit about um, what you guys do over there at Apologia. Apologia.
2: Well, uh, Apologia Studios is based out of Apologia Church. So we're the media outreach of the church. Um, and so I oversee the entire studio aspect. So I'm responsible for the TV show, the radio show, uh, and all the other content that we put out on YouTube and, and throughout all our other channels and all the stuff that we're working on or whatever. So that, that's kind of my job. And, uh, our, our, I mean, I think our main goal is like, you know how like you used to have you know, street preaching, right? Like, well, I, I think that street preaching is now can be done through media yeah, and the arts. And so it doesn't, I think the streets have changed. Like the marketplace is YouTube, social media, Facebook, that television, that sort of thing yeah. and podcasts. And, and so that's the marketplace now. And so the emphasis really at Apology of Church is, okay, that's that's an aspect we can go and we can reach a lot of people really quickly. And so it's really the first I've ever seen a church really dedicated to that medium as a form of evangelism. Yeah. And so I'm I'm excited to be a part of it. I think it's something new and different. And wow. I think people are catching on as to what we're doing and how awesome it is.
1: And uh, uh, tell us about you, Marcus, family, friends, background, personal story, all that good stuff in like uh, 45 seconds. <laughs> tell you what, dude, you could do a minute and 45 seconds.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, well, I was, I'm from Virginia Beach. Uh, I got into video production when I was working at summer camp, and then that kind of led to other things. And and uh, I actually worked at Wretched Radio, Wretched TV for a little yeah. bit, and then, and then met some friends there. And... We kind of went our separate ways into two uh, major media outlets. I went here, and then he went to work with uh, Darren Dome, and uh, mm-hmm. and so kind of like it was kind of it's kind of a I can't tell that story in forty five seconds, but just how God brought me to Georgia to work for Wretched for a short time, and from there we branched out, and now we're doing he's covering film and I'm covering TV and social media. So it's kind of cool to see how God's like really expanded that from that journey wow. over that time. And so that, that's kind of, that's where my heart is, man. Like I wanted to take over media. Wow. So I, I, I don't like, I don't like the pagans having, having it. Right. <laughs> absolutely.
1: Should, right. Sort of. You know, in like, the... like,
2: like, yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I mean like Gutenberg, right. When he made the printing press, like that was ours. Yeah.
1: Right.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> right. Man.
2: Like we, we knew why the printing press was made. Like we knew what it was made for. And like, we had that. And then like, it comes to television and movies and, and it's kind of like, well, that's not really ours. So we, you know, most people try to put like a little, you know, cliche Christian stuff on TV. That's kind of junk. Right. Right. We, we owned all of literature. Think about that.
1: I know, man.
2: <laughs> like, yeah. you, you know, we, we still understand how to, how to write books as Christians. Like that's, we still do that. Right. right? It's five, five years and you know, we still, we still do that. But then, television came around and everyone's like oh we can't you know really that's not really ours yeah, like, yeah that's and so so now now's a really good time now now's a really great time because the we have the printing press now we don't have we don't have to be uh we we don't we don't need content distributors anymore because the internet does it for us so we're not beholden to abc cbs nbc fox yeah to distribute content we can do it on our own and do it in a way that reaches a wider broader audience than even they can on their networks Absolutely. so we have a lot of power now in terms of distribution and and uh and that's so i'm i'm excited like now's the time right like I, I feel like you're we're always we're on a good we're it's really good when we're on the same level as As the broadcast networks they haven't figured out how to use internet right and now yeah. and, like they haven't figured it out yet, and so now it's like, oh man, like now's the ch- now's our time, right? like we can jump ahead and do something that they're not doing and do it better than them, and you know, maybe a hundred years from now, people will look back and be like, "Yeah, man, like the Christians really took over that like they got free inf- they got the freedom like free distribution of stuff, and they went. Cr- Crazy. They lost their minds. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) hop, like, And those guys, like, because Lecrae, he had no control. Like, nobody could listen to his music. Right. Because they didn't play rap music on K-Love. Right. Right. (laughs) Then the internet comes out, and suddenly, Salem Communications, all these people who own K-Love and own all the Christian sappy sounds, they're making (laughs) They got to make rap channels now because nobody's listening to K-Love. Yes. So. So the internet really has a lot of power in terms of media and Christians controlling content, what's good and what's bad, and we don't—we're not beholden to the distributors anymore. We are the distributors now, and then, like I said, exactly like back at the Reformation when the Catholics owned the Bible and the Catholics distributed as they pleased, and then Gutenberg came around, came along, and suddenly he's the distrib- distributor now. Yes, and so now Christians are the distributors, and there's this decentralization of everything everything's being decentralized yeah like even like we were talking about i was talking about the other day even like helicopter pilots right right now are like stressing over drones because everybody has a drone and no one's hiring helicopter pilots to do video work so so everything's becoming decentralized and every time in history that happens uh the gospel just goes nuts
1: yeah Amen. Marcus so. love, man, your passion for it. And Hey, I heard a phrase, <laughs> uh, a buddy of mine shared not long ago that happiness is K love in your rear view mirror. So I, I don't know if you would <laughs> sign <laughs> on to that, but I have a feeling you would, uh, that's just a phrase a buddy of mine says who will remain nameless, but to <laughs> another podcast when we have them on and bust them on it. But, uh, no, I know exactly what you mean. Um, and um, you know, Nathan. Now is probably the time. I hate to do this because Marcus is such a nice guy.
0: I know, and he's on such a good roll <sighs> too. But,
1: but, dude, we got to honor our that's commitment.
0: Right. That's right. It's you know, we we've we've had another call. We have Dave Schaefer. Oh, no. We yeah. You say it's not you, Dave. We know it is.
1: It's got to be, man. Who else would have access to our uh, writer's room meeting?
0: That's right. Right. And everybody else who we have on here loves us.
1: I know. I know. And just can't say enough good about us. That's right. Uh, Except our wives, which is why they're not in the writing room. (laughs) But um, yeah, Marcus, you've you've probably heard once or twice a call from, uh, we've got a, we don't want to call him a heckler, although that's what he is.
0: How how did Nathan put it? A troll? Yes,
1: yes. A concerned Christian citizen the Reverend James King. Uh brother we you
2: know, he, we he try to stop. keep it on the reps. Yeah, he he might stop calling if you stop playing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> True. We're probably creating the monster Nathan, he's right on that. I know. We might have to come up with a new policy. Uh, until we do, he <laughs> did he did hear you were coming on Marcus. I didn't even know he knew about you. Research you because you guys over there are pretty cutting edge. You're doing some great media savvy stuff. I'm thinking the Reverend James King couldn't know about it. Somehow he's found out his um, little church research department has done a little work. And uh, well, we'll just let you listen to his voicemail. This is from uh, the Reverend James King. Uh, friends, this is Reverend uh, James King. Of uh, the James King, King James, uh, Bible-believing, teaching, preaching, ministries. Friends, just when I thought these two useless bags of fat and bones <laughs> had heated my wise counsel, they go ahead and invite a special guest on tonight. Who's only special in the way that uh, things like rabies and, and botulism are special illnesses. That's right, friends. They've been invited on a real juicy tonight. This is one of Satan's uh, special forces soldiers. He calls himself by the vile name King Ginger. Can you believe that, friends? He's proud of having the same hair color as some of Satan's favorite servants. Uh, Just think of him, friends. Uh, Lucille Ball. That tiny little French weasel Napoleon. That excuse for a comedian. That devil-worshipping Carrot Top. And worst of all, friends, uh, Daphne from Scooby-Doo. Uh, Friends, uh, the research department at the King James Tabernacle... Uh, has verified that that innocent-looking redhead has an inappropriate attraction to that vile animal featured on that show. That's right, friends. I'm talking about Velma. (laughs) Friends, this (laughs) pathetic excuse for a man, King Ginger, uh, more like a motley-bearded leprechaun, (laughs) he worked for some abominable organization named Apologia Radio. Friends, did you hear that? Apologia Radio. This demonic man makes a living apologizing for the bible (laughs) friends he's embarrassed about the claims of our lord jesus and friends actually has every reason to be embarrassed because he's a phony he's completely bogus let me tell you friends his real name tells you all you need to know about this man that's right his name is marcus pitman well let me tell you something mr marcus (laughs) pitman Your name tells you about your destiny when you end up in the pit of the lake of fire, <laughs> burning for all eternity. Oh, friends, oh, man. don't listen to this fool as they use fancy words tonight like culture and engaging lost people in the gospel. Friends, this is just code language. For what we know is debauchery and licentious You know what it is. Friends. Instead, tune into the King James Bible Tabernacle, where you'll hear clear messages, promiscuity, bullet train to Satan, (laughs) uh, pants on women, the devil's favorite attire, friends. Don't listen to this Marcus, soon to be in the pit of fire pitman. Listen to the Reverend King James, friends, where you'll hear the love of the Lord Jesus proclaimed every week. God bless you, friends. (laughs) Amen. Wow, man, Marcus, it's kind of embarrassing, man, you got reamed like that.
2: It's amazing. I'm honored, yeah.
1: I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> dude. I'm, so, hey, I don't share that. I'm not even sure Napoleon had red hair, dude. I, I'm not even sure if that's factual. But that's what the research department at the King James Tabernacle said.
2: I so. wouldn't trust the research department. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Could our listeners tell us if Napoleon had red hair? That's that's what he's saying, but we need to verify that historically. But uh, no, we we feel differently about you there, Marcus, tonight. So we're we're eager to talk to you about what's going on with you guys and um, and, and and get a little heads up on uh, your ministry and your role in it. And uh, can't wait to uh, unfold that a little bit.
0: Yeah. Amen. Um, so, Marcus, we want to we want to just dive right in. Um, we would love to start off. Um, you guys have a major um, uh, anti-abortion um, campaign um, that you are um, beginning. Um, and so we would love for you just to talk to us about that and what's kind of um, driving that and, and, and pushing that. Well, clearly we know what's driving that and pushing that. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just um, give us give us some details um, to the listeners so that they know how to get out there and listen to some of the stuff you guys are going to be doing with that.
2: Yeah, well, um, that started with there was this bill that was being passed in Oklahoma called uh, SB 1118 and it was essentially a bill that said hey abortion is murder let's let's just punish it as such
3: mm-hmm.
2: and we found out while they were the the voting it was rejected because the pro life movement in Oklahoma thought that it would overturn the laws that they've made previously but their laws previously were just like you know like if an infant has, if, if if the baby can feel pain, it can't have an abortion, like that sort of stuff. Right. But the, but it's like, yeah. But if abortion is straight illegal, who cares? Right. Like right. who who cares? And and so that was kind of like so so we heard that and we're like this is crazy, and so and so we uh, contacted actually, we saw a photo of the the letter that the pro life group wrote to the senators uh, the state legislators there and the, the guy's phone number was on there his name was uh, tony laringer mm-hmm. and he's the vice president we found out of the entire national right to life so he was one of the top guys of the entire organization and so we called him we didn't think he'd return our phone call and he did and so jeff did an interview with him and jeff was gonna go like he was gonna go real hard on him and just like you know, punch and jab and like, you know, really expose them. But when Jeff was doing the interview, the guy was just exposing himself. Yeah. And so if you, I don't know if you, if you listen to that interview, but if you listen to that interview, Jeff is, Jeff says, he says really clearly, he says, okay, Tony, I just want to make sure your position is correct. So you're saying the best way to fight abortion is to get rid of any biblical language, to get rid of any strong words like, you know, using the word murder or any th- any sort of theology and and, to, and Tony's response is yeah you explained that very well
1: I and heard so, that yeah
2: so that was just like what in the world is going on and so that kind of inspired us to be like well hey we we need to like get involved like we need we need to do something and so after that interview came out we got a phone call from a guy who runs the Georgia Right to Life which is under the I'm sorry the Arizona I I said Georgia the Arizona Right to Life right I, he contacted jeff and uh and you know obviously the arizona right to life is under the national right to life and he's essentially like hey we need to do something this is crazy yeah and so so we said okay so he said to us he said okay the arizona right to life wants to work with apology of church to do an event that will speak clearly about what abortion is and to work to pass a law that'll make sure that uh, this conversation is is done the right way, mm-hmm. and so I think literally we've had like two or three weeks, and uh, so this Friday, w- when does this this podcast air? This podcast air in time? Uh,
1: yeah, so- yeah, this will end uh, or this will air Tuesday, April fifth.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so April eighth at eight o'clock Eastern Time, we're doing a live event uh, from our church. And it's going to be – at the church, only people who are invited are uh, Arizona pro-life groups and Arizona legislators. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and we're going to have Matt Truella, Rusty Thomas, Joe McDermott, um, I'll Speak a Little, and Jeff. And uh, – ah, there's someone else. I can't – oh, Herb Titus is going to be doing uh, a, a video interview. So uh, we're going to be playing a video interview. And neat. so, 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 Herb Titus is is like a world renowned constitutional lawyer. He was the dean of Regent University's law school, and he's all these people are going to speak specific areas to the legislators and the pro life groups specifically about how abortion can be eliminated right away,
3: mm-hmm.
2: how the lesser magistrate can protect us against any sort of overruling a federal court might have. Interesting and, and all all done legally and so because everybody tends to think, well, we have to have the Supreme Court overturn it or else like we're wasting our time if we just get rid of it, right. but that's not true because the lesser magistrates have a role in in stopping tyrannical government uh, all through our all, all through our nation's history that's happened and it's also within the bounds of the Constitution and and an example of this, <laughs> the clearest example of this. Is Colorado and Oregon, when they've passed marijuana laws, even though the federal government rejects it,
1: right? Yeah,
2: right. they don't care. They're 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 still selling marijuana in Colorado. Right. Yeah. So 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 it is possible for a state to resist uh, federal tyranny, um, and it happens. It happens all the time. And and so we're actually setting up a plan in place to where not only if the law is passed. But we'll also have the backing of the lesser magistrates, which means uh, the sheriff department and, and a whole bunch of other uh, areas to really to really emphasize, look, this is what's going to happen. And, and Arizona is going to uh, Arizona is not going to tolerate it. And so so now a lot of people say, well, yeah, but like it might not happen, like it might not get passed. And and, and the point here is it doesn't matter because I want this conversation that's going to take place in the news and the media because of this event to happen nationwide whether it gets passed or not mm-hmm. like like right like even if and like I said this before even if just having this conversation overturns all the other pro life laws mm-hmm. that's been in effect the conversation itself is worth it because this is the conversation it's all about theology right and getting that em- that emphasis into our p- politics and so, so once once our theology and our politics line up, it'll it'll change everything. It'll even on a grander scale than abortion. So so this is a, this is an important fight to have. Um, it's it's going to be great. It's going to be live on YouTube, right? So if you you can go to endabortionnow.com, um, and then the stream will be posted on there, and uh and and it there's a countdown clock now. It's like four days now. Awesome. And awesome. it'll be Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. It'll go from 8 to midnight. And uh, it's just going to be it, – it's really – we we really want – what we're encouraging really everybody to do is to gather their small groups, gather their churches, and really watch it. We yeah. have several churches all over the country that are already like going to do this. Wow. So there's there's going to be thousands of people, thousands of people. And though although ours is specific to Arizona, what we're going to be talking about in a context nationally will work in any state.
1: Yes. Yes. So it's
2: to be, I mean, this is like, this is something and, and like, it's really, I, 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 we've tried to emphasize this. This is the the Georgia right to life that's doing this, hmm. right? Like they're coming alongside and doing this. So all these conversations regarding, um, you know, the national right to life and all these other things, you know, we have the Georgia right to life on our side for this. That's mm-hmm. a huge thing.
1: Uh, uh, Arizona, you mean, right, Marcus? I keep saying I caught <I keep laughs> <saying laughs> that.
2: for Well, dude, you got
1: Georgia roots, man. You could take the so man out of I, Georgia.
2: I, I, have, I have friends that work for the Georgia right to life. So yes. that's why, like, I keep saying. So,
1: yes, no, no, that's, that's great. And I just want to let our listeners know, uh, as well, if you're listening again to this podcast on these go to 11 before April the 8th, yep. 2016, you can hear it live. If you go to now dot com. um, get all their links to YouTube. And obviously Marcus, once it is done, it'll be there. Um, you know, for uh time uh you know, time ad infinitum, right? On YouTube.
2: Right, um, right, yeah, it'll be YouTube and we're gonna put each talk up separately and uh it's it's gonna be a great night, man. And and according to Jeff, like Jeff is like stay till the end. Great. I think Jeff's got something at the end. You're you're speaking last. Oh, okay, he's speaking first, so never mind.
1: <laughs> okay, good, good, great. <laughs>
2: You can go to sleep early, I guess.
1: So. <laughs> Great. Well, what, what two things pop into our minds, uh, Marcus, when you talk about this issue that relate to you guys, uh, one a little bit more specifically. So you can pick each uh, uh, yeah, yeah, whichever one you want. Um, obviously, it, it was pretty explosive a month or so ago from the time that uh, we're doing this podcast when you had uh, Steve Camp on, and then more recently in the news, Donald Trump, um, you know, has been in the news Well, he's always in the news, but he's been in the news, uh, particularly regarding this whole issue related to abortion and his convictions or lack thereof on the issue. Uh, take either. We, we, we'd love to get your take on uh, on either one.
2: Well, I think like, the, you know, the, I mean, Donald Trump, isn't he great? <laughs> no i mean yeah. i mean serious like for somebody who has the find content to talk about for radio shows and tv shows like yeah job is so easy right now like i just say, what what did uh what did trump say this I week know, okay it's
1: not the truth <laughs> so, yes but, to but, to but to this podcasters this, and comedians yeah
2: yeah but this week specifically was fantastic because what he said he was absolutely right with what he said right right <laughs> and, and, and 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 you can see if you watch it like he's working through in his head like he's he doesn't really he's never really thought through the consequences of what happens if you criminalize abortion like right. what does that mean yeah and so for him he for him to just so he's thinking through you know with with uh chris matthews he's he's thinking it through he's going it over in his head and he's like well, yeah, of course there's got to be criminalization of some sort, right? Yeah. And everybody freaks out. Now, now, it should be no surprise that the secular media freaked out of that. Sure. Right? They should be surprised. What surprised me was the pro-life groups that came out and was like, anybody who is pro-life would not want the mother to be uh, criminalized for having an abortion. Right. And I was just like, what in the world are we fighting for? Right. Right, like, like the like, either it is murder or it's not. Yeah. Right. There, there's not a single crime that we have. There's not a single crime that we have where we protect the criminal like like this. <laughs> right. Right. You, know, you yeah. know what I mean? So, I mean, it's just it, it's like uh, the the idea that oh man, if we start calling abortion murder, the women who have had abortions are going to feel like they're murderers. Right. It's like could you, I mean, well, I don't want to, what if I said, well, I don't really want the rapist to feel like a rapist. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want the child molester to feel like a child molester. He will feel bad. Right. That That's not, like, that is crazy. Yeah. And yeah. so for, and, and so it's not crazy that the secular media was against it. It's crazy that the pro-life groups came out as strongly opposed to what Donald Trump said as they did, because I feel like I feel like they just made themselves worthless. Right. They have no more value. I think they've 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 made themselves completely useless in anything else that they try to do because you can't fight to criminalize something if you don't want consequences for the law. It's not a law. A law has to be enforceable by some way.
1: Right, right, and it's- and it was what within twelve hours, Marcus, that uh, Trump started uh, backtracking a statement, right, and saying things like, well, I meant abortion providers um, should be penalized. I meant those that are, you know, he, he took it from more of the uh, systemic, um, you know, organizational abortion providers need to be punished. And then all of his handlers were out in the media working overtime to, um, to, to work it through. But it was interesting to see Trump, who definitely does not prepare – uh, I, I'm with you. Speaking on the cuff, thinking for a moment, almost out loud with Chris Matthews. Yeah, well, when you think about it, of course, it's interesting to me. What has he tried to um, to uh, shield himself with? He talks about the theoretical, right? This is uh, well, I was just talking theoretically, and I, I'm not sure how you separate the theoretical from the real. Because uh, if I'm talking about, a, to, to use your point, a theoretical rape, uh, what does that mean? When you try to bring that into an actual rape case, that everything you uh, you concluded when you were talking about something under the umbrella of what's theoretical now goes out the window. Uh, it, it was a very um, interesting uh, window into politics today and why probably – and I think we would probably disagree on this a little, Marcus. We'll get to that – why Nathan and I both are pretty apolitical. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, I'm not trying to trap you when I say that. But
2: except for right now,
1: yeah, <laughs> 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 touche, brother, touche. Look oh, what yeah. we've been talking about for ten minutes, right? Yeah. Uh, very true, very, very true. Um,
0: well, and and I, I think to be fair, we're we're not um, we're not against having biblical conversations with people about yes. what the Bible says. Amen to that. What what we're against is the the field of politicians that are out there right now turning you know what you know what we've always grown up with with politics into basically a three-ring circus
1: right right which does seem to be the case uh marcus with what we're talking about and i think there'd be agreement here you tell me if we're wrong um part of it is the people that have access to what we would consider the national stage the the national platform uh, are inspiring so little confidence you know it, it's amazing to me when i read about you know john adams jefferson right uh patrick henry these early stars and you kind of look at the cast of characters that are in similar positions of power i'm like is this is this real it almost seems like a joke uh that was written specifically for late night comedians to, uh, to move from uh, where we once were to where we are today, where we did at one point, whether you agreed or not, have statesmen, principled people that you could tell deeply thought and cared about the American experiment uh, to what <laughs> what's going on today, which has probably, just in fairness, Marcus, to put it out there, has made us a little bit jaded. But talk, talk to yeah, us yeah. about well, that.
2: You, you said you know, that you can't separate, like, theoretical Theoretical stuff from reality and it's just kind of like well isn't that like what donald trump is like he's like the theory and reality all at the same time right, right. <laughs> like <laughs> like he's like everybody would like never imagine a candidate like that but then that's what happens and i and i would say i would say that when you separate government politics from christian theology this is what you get mm-hmm. because there is, there is no, there is no law. There is, there's nothing the government does that isn't a moral theological issue, right? Like even like parking fines are a matter of property and, and thou shall not steal. So, so, so every, ever everything goes down to how to, loving your neighbor and the government's job is to protect those who do evil. Right. So, if 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 you say well hey is parking in this spot morally evil that it constitutes the government confiscating my car and towing it and having you know what i mean so all those all all issues are political issues and i think for so long we've separated those two groups and and you can blame it on you know either two kingdom theology or new covenant theology or or, or just dispensationalism or whatever but I, th- I, I do believe that there's there's a huge problem, uh, especially when, you know, we're talking about the issue of uh, abortion. Yeah. Like it's so obviously murder. Yes. And for for us to just come out and say stuff like that, it's not or we shouldn't call it that or we should only punish, you know, the assassin, not the one who paid the assassin and, and like that. I think we're so disconnected. From that that it's really starting to cause a cause a problem now uh especially when you know like even like uh the gospel coalition came out with a blog uh that that went and said we should not call the woman who has an abortion a murderer and it's just like what in the world yeah right like we, you know somebody posted this today on facebook they said we would not we would not say uh that that a man who shoots his wife is a victim of of his wife's circumstances. Right. You know, whether, whether the wife cheated or whether, or whether the, uh, the wife was nagging or something, we wouldn't say he's a victim. Like there's no crime in the world where, where that makes any, any rational sense. And if you stood before a judge on any other crime and said, Hey, I'm really the victim here. They would look at you like you're insane. Right. Right. It's, and and so we have we have to always we have to tie this all, always back to theology' cause, you know the, we're real big on that at apologia like in, in terms of like a, taking what's in our our political culture and applying it back to a biblical worldview and and that that's that that's what needs to happen yes all this. we can't separate these issues and we can't try to be political on these issues we wouldn't be political on issues of justification right and so we should we shouldn't be political on issues of morality and 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 loving our neighbor either
1: absolutely so. And life the sanctity of life that's been a helpful way for us to address it in our church context Marcus. is as we we're very clear you know Maryland is a very liberal state uh I mean historically as about as blue as you get right Nathan I mean yeah. of course you're from New Hampshire dude so yeah I don't know how much They're radical turning difference. to the dark side right 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 that is uh true things are are changing there as well even in a Bastion, uh, like it once was, but the um, you know we try to address that because we know in any given week a number of visitors might very well be card-carrying, lifelong, more liberal-leaning Democrats. That when we address the issues, we always do it biblically, and, and when you know we certainly will talk about um, life here, the origin of life, the sanctity of life, and always say you might think we're coming at this from a political point of view. We're not. We're we're discussing what God says about the origin of life, the sanctity of life, and how all life is to be protected. Um, And it is amazing the number of people. It's shocking because we're used to it as Christians that have said, you know, I I never really heard it explained like that Mm -hmm. apart from a political perspective. Um, And I think it's, you know, I hope refreshing for people to say, hey, you know, you don't even have to wear a hat. You don't have to ride the back of an elephant or a donkey to talk about this issue. We're just going to ask it and say, What does the Bible say about life? So that's the way we've, uh, we've, we've sought to do that here. Uh, if, if we can, Marcus, and we're not trying to just be sensational about it, but it was such a bizarre um, internet moment among the many, but more so than like a cat video, you know, <laughs> or something yeah. my, my kids would watch. When you guys interviewed Steve Camp, uh, I, I came to Christ in 1986. Steve Camp was one of the early Christian rockers for me. I'm dating myself a little, uh, Marcus. I'm, I'm 45, so I uh, I remember rocking out a little bit to Steve Camp and uh, run to the battle and all that stuff. And then I know he left music at some point, became a pastor, uh, I believe in Florida, and you guys had him on. And that was a very strange, bizarre interview. I I think you guys said it was a first, wasn't it? Because I know Jeff just sort of cut the interview off and said, hey, I mean, dude, we're we're done. Um, because it's out there, because it's public, because it related to Donald Trump, Camp's support of Trump. And Jeff was really drilling down very uh, bluntly and I think rightly on the abortion issue. Could you fill us in on that a little bit? Background, like were, were you guys surprised the way Camp handled himself in that moment?
2: Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seemed that way.
2: For people that saw the interview, it was it was kind of weird for us because I was actually excited because people have always people have always asked us. He's like, hey, why don't you get more people that disagree with your position on the show? And that's really hard to do. Sure. Because a lot of people, you know, they like they like to talk about their positions, but they don't like to really come on a show and and like have to defend or argue for that position. Right. So when he came on, I was really excited. I was like, finally, like, this will be great. Like. It'll be like a good, you know, discussion between Christian brothers, and we can just, you know, have this conversation about it. And even though obviously Steve Camp was is wrong, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, like even obviously, but like let's just have that conversation because I feel like Christian, like one thing for me, like I feel like Christianity is like divided themselves into groups too much. Yeah, you have like the Gospel Coalition, you got like John MacArthur Circle and the sure. Eugene Circle, and and it's just like you know, guys, it's, it's you know, it's one kingdom. Right. Like, you know, let's just all, you know, show that we can disagree and have fun. And like, you know, together for the gospel can be more than like every four years or every two years.
1: Right. (laughs) Amen. Amen.
2: Right. So, but, uh, you know, everybody has their own, you know, ministry that they want to protect. So it's really hard to get, you know, someone from the gospel coalition to come on apology radio and discuss two kingdom theology in a way that might be a heated discussion, but could still be friendly. Like, I guess people, maybe discernment bloggers have kind of like ruined that. Like yeah. they don't, people don't think that exists anymore, but it, I think it can. And so anyway, so I was really excited to have Steve camp on and then like, he just went, you know, he would, he refused to, you know, answer any question. And he would, he, he would skirt the, the question and talk about what he wanted. And I'm familiar with media and how that works. And I, you know, when I was watching, when I was listening, I was sitting there on the set. And, you know, what you don't see is I, I was writing Jeff's notes and I was like, hey, he's he's uh, he's taken over the show and he's not addressing the issues. Right. And you got to kind of be a little bit more forceful. He's talked enough. And uh, and and which is fine. He can talk all he wants as long as he's addressing the issue. And he wasn't. He was just sidetracking into other things. And so when once Jeff started to really, you know, try to keep him focused that's when he would just talk over jeff and uh but yeah, now it, to some degree it's my fault because we haven't put a mute switch in cuz we haven't had a guest where we <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't think about man if we just had a mute switch we could just you know mute it and like control it but we didn't have that so he just kind of took advantage of that and uh and you know what well, what's more interesting to me is just like the internet right like the internet comments on that like there were some people who were like you know, Jeff was like, you know, not letting him speak his mind. And oh, then, my goodness. And then other people were like, oh, you know, you know, S- Steve Camp wouldn't let Jeff talk. And then and then we did, you know, the interview with uh, Tony Laringer, which is a completely different style where it's just Tony Laringer just talking the whole time. And then, you know, you have people saying, oh, you tried to sidetrack Tony Laringer. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's, yes. he's like, there's nothing I can do. Right. So. You can't read your comments. No,
1: that is true. You have to. It's,
2: you'll never be able to, you know, just be you. No. But, but, uh, but, yeah, I just think, you know, I, I really do hope that we can have just more disagreements and stuff.
1: Agreed, agreed. And I think that interview would have been so much, which is your point, Mark, is so much more interesting. I mean, it was interesting, uh, particularly the way it ended. <laughs> But, uh, a whole set
0: of I, different reasons.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. It felt, I think Jeff even at one point said, Man, this, this isn't even radio because it was a monologue, and uh, y- you definitely had the, the sense that camp did not um, really want to engage on the issue, which is unfortunate. Uh, because, you know, obviously to find somebody who passionately positions himself as a Christian uh, in support of Trump. With some sort of uh you know biblically coherent perspective i 'd like to hear that uh, and engage with it and it was um, you heard it, but you never got to get the uh, good interaction that you guys would have wanted to get. but I had to tell you the fact that at the end, when he kind of slammed you guys and said, "Man, you know you guys are amateurs," and how he tweeted out i 'm not going to do that with amateurs anymore. I thought that
2: was my favorite part yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 but dude, I thought i mean. Here's Nathan and I sitting in my little pastor's office, and if apology. Uh, you know, radio is amateurs, dude. We don't even. I mean, we're like Pee-wee Herman's Pee-wee Baseball League or something. I mean,
2: yeah, that um, that's, that just made me smile.
1: Yeah, you guys were great about it, man. Oh,
2: sometimes you just gotta be like, oh, that that's
1: cute. That's cute. Yeah, that, I think that's the best reaction. Nice. You know, because yeah. he said, "I've been interviewed by Hannity and all these guys and stuff," and
2: yeah. just and, you know, like like when I hear that. I just think, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, and this isn't really a jab at Steve Camp, but when I hear that, I just go, wow, he really doesn't understand the power of, of the Internet right now, the fact that people who are big on the Internet, and, and I, I mean, we could have pointed out that we're also on broadcast network, on the NRB network, but I don't think anybody over six under 60 watches.
1: <laughs> right, right. But,
2: but 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 the thing is, you know, it's it's so crazy because when we first got on the NRB Network, we were really excited. And we were like, yeah, NRB Network, we're on the network television. And we got like zero response and zero feedback from it. Wow. Except from older ladies who said, <laughs> so this is funny. So in our show description on DirecTV, because like every show has to have like a show description for the, the channel guides. Yeah. We wanted to, like, find a way that, like, anybody who's looking for, like, Oprah or, like, Jimmy Fallon, like, would find us. Yeah. So we said, like, our show description is the worst show on television. Do not watch. Watch (laughs) Jimmy Fallon or Oprah instead. Okay. (laughs) Like, Like, that's our show description on DirecTV. And the NRB got flooded with people who thought that NRB hacked – the DirecTV hacked our show – and was telling people not to watch our show.
1: Oh, my goodness. Uh, so
2: we were like, I don't think our audience is going to appreciate this show. Uh, that that audience is going to appreciate our show much. And so over the past year, uh, since January, actually, my main emphasis has been building a YouTube channel, building a, uh, building a social media base. And we've seen way more benefits. Yeah and communication and anything Christian television has gave us all last year, just in the past few months. Wow. And, uh, and and so, so that to me was just like, okay, you know, it's nice to be on the NRB network because sometimes you're more likely to get a guest if you say, Hey, I'm on TV. Of course yeah, you are. If, Hey, I got a YouTube show. Um, but, but, uh, I mean, for, for me, I mean, that just, that's just how amazing it is you know, that that some somebody, the equipment that we have here in the studio would have cost millions of dollars just a few years ago. Wow. Yeah. 30 yeah. years. And and so that's, you know, that's why I always say if you want free stuff, capitalism is the best way to do it.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's
2: like Skype, right? Like what, where you are at? you at? You're in Baltimore.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. About 30 miles north.
2: Yeah. So like we're like thousands of miles away from each other. Talking to each other for free. There's no cost to this. It's Skype. Yeah. There's, there's absolutely no cost, and 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 so you know capitalism is the best way to get free stuff. It's just that's just how it is, and so you know twenty thirty years ago Skype would be valued at like it would cost you about three hundred thousand dollars to have the setup that Skype has. It's
1: so yeah. true. Yeah. So
2: so. You know, now it's free, and you know it's just expected on every cell phone. You you better have that, or it's not worth getting.
1: Right, so, so. true, dude. Th- see, this is a great moment, uh, Marcus, for me to give a shout out to my son Isaac, his YouTube channel that <laughs> honestly has. Now we watch and we we make sure we we give him we coach him up on what to say and what not to say, and to have a few filters on there and stuff. But Bedrock Chest, and he puts about a video out once a week, and it's amazing. Sometimes I I look at it and I'm like where are you getting these comments from? You know, you get some encouraging comments and suggestions on how to improve camera angles. And you've got a kid recording it in his house and uh, just, it's a, it's an incredible age. It really yeah. is. It's a new golden age of radio is what serial did for podcasting maybe. And uh, the internet is doing for other forms of uh, media.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, pr- yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm so excited to be a part of it because I feel like nobody's doing it. Like that's kind of like part of me, like that's kind of like messed up. It's like, come on. Like how come nobody's doing this? Yeah. And the other part of me is like, this is awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Nobody's (laughs) doing it. Exactly.
2: So, you know, to not only be doing it, but to be doing it under the authority of the church, it's, it's challenging because I think because we're doing it under the authority of a church, like people expect stuff out of you that, right? Like, so our, our YouTube videos, don't have to be in accordance with the regular principle of worship.
1: Right, right. right yeah.
2: A lot of people like expect that, or like our podcast, they'll be like, why is there music behind your show? Like, you know, is the gospel not enough? Like, it's just like, well, obviously the gospel is fine, but we're ju- we're an entertainment show. Yes. <laughs> right? right. And so people don't understand, like, we're, we're an entertainment show that's very heavily theologically driven. Uh, but if we wanted to do a show that had no theological content whatsoever, like we are totally allowed to do that. Yeah. Like we're told, like, there's no expectation of, you know, and, and I, I always go to this example too. Like in, the, in, uh, uh, God created the heavens and the earth and in Romans it says that the heavens and the earth, uh, you know, the, you know, everything declares God's glory so that men is without excuse. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there, but it's so the general general revelation, the 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 artwork of God, the handiwork of God is just general revelation. So our artwork can also be just general revelation. It doesn't have to be special revelation. Yes. And when you go into the temple, when you see all the people, they're putting all this stuff in the temple. That was all general revelation too. None of that stuff was uh, special revelation, right? Like, like the golden calves, the beads, the ornaments, of the the tassels on the robes. None of that saved anybody.
1: You're right. Yeah.
2: Right. So, so the expectation as artists for some reason, and it's only I can only the only reason I, I think this has is because of like the the cliche Christian movies where where there's the altar call moment. That's yeah. all we've had, and so when people don't see that, they're like, "That's why is that not have like you know why don't you have a gospel presentation in that episode of Apologia TV? Like why is it not there? It's like well it doesn't have to be right. right? So we're not gonna we're not gonna take a 26 minute show, not including commercial breaks and reduce it down to a 20 minute show, just so we can tack on a gospel presentation at the end of it. What, what, what we're doing is we're using this as a medium to reach a very broad audience so that when they enjoy our content, even if they don't agree with everything, they still come back to the complete archive of everything we've made. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. there's gospel all over that. Right. Yeah. So the Jeff's sermons, and then there's Apology Radio episodes and YouTube videos where, with Jeff's testimony. That's just gospel, gospel, gospel. And so, so, but not everything has to be that. And we're also not saying be seeker sensitive uh, because if you know anything about Apology Church, it's not seeker sensitive. Yes,
1: yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And,
2: yeah. And so, so, so I think there's there is a seeker sensitivity. If you even use that term, there is a way to reach a broad audience in a way that's not in the context of the local church and, and then, uh, in a way that's safe, uh, and not like we're going to reduce our theology to do it. Instead, we're just going to have fun and like laugh and tell jokes and, uh, maybe do a prank phone call as an old man to a bookstore. (laughs) (laughs) Like that. If you're cool with that, like you might say, Hey, well, what else do they have? And then, I mean, you know, it's not like we're hiding it, you know, deep in the archives on the website you just go back an episode and be like, oh, wow, I don't like that. That was, That's not, you know, it's funny. We, we get people, they listen to our show and they really like it. And then like, they go back and they're like, what am I listening to? Who are these people? They're nuts. Yeah. yeah. So we get those comments all the time too from people. It's fun.
1: Absolutely. So. And you know, Marcus, I really believe that. That is, um, I mean, we talk about that in our church all the time that, you know, if if everything in our church is designed intentionally to be all inclusive of life which is what we're trying to do on our podcast nathan right yeah yeah in terms of i mean we'll talk about deep subjects you know we're going to have um bruce ware on coming up in a a few weeks to talk about the scope and nature of the atonement he has kind of a mediating position on that subject from a from a Calvinistic standpoint, uh, but it'll be interesting yeah. to hear him unpack that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about eschatology. Um, we'll talk about Breaking Bad. Yeah, you know, and we'll talk uh, about you know cigars yeah. or or you know anything like that. And what I think happens, and what you just gave great expression to, is people are engaged, and I actually think it serves people well in that they wonder, man, I love these guys. I love the way they'll joke about this. They'll talk about this. The only thing that kind of bugs me a little bit is, and it's normally the raw, straight-up gospel, which is exactly what you want, the offense yeah. of the gospel. Right, um, right. And, you know, so we, we say that in our church all the time. Hey, look, if the greeters are... You know, curmudgeon and dismissive and don't make eye contact. If the children's workers, you know, barely look at the parents when they come in, you're, you're going to offend them. And we want to really isolate the proper offense. Yeah. You know, we want the gospel to be brutally offensive in the way it's intended to be, yeah. to beat up on our sin and pride. And so everything else, you know, we'll try to make celebratory and, uh, you know, fun, relaxed, uh, so that. You almost create a conflict, and uh, I think it's Greg Kukol in um, in his work that talks, uh, uh, you know, about putting a pebble in their shoe.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, right. And uh, the other the other thing is, we own this world. Yeah, right? like this is our world, right? Like the, the pagans are the they're visiting, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. So, so like all entertainment, comedy, laughter, movies, film, television, all that—that's our stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, we own that, right? So, so for them to, you know, they don't own romance movies. They don't own uh, comedies. They don't own dramas. Like, that's our stuff, right? Like, those stories are in the Bible. And and so they're, they're, they're stealing from our worldview to make a lot of money. And we're just sitting back and saying, we just need to be here in the church doing this stuff in the church. And it's just like, that's just nuts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we own this world and we've, we've given it up. Uh, we we've given it up and we've, we've let, you know, the pagans take, take, Oh man, Christians should have been on YouTube back in 2005.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like so they true. should
2: have saw no, Seriously. They should have saw that and said, wait a minute. Are you telling me like, I can just get my sermons out like, and just blow them up on YouTube. Yeah. Like we, like the, 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 top people on YouTube today should have been like pastors and church members And like Christian artists who were like, finally, I got a venue, you know, you know what I mean? Like they didn't have a venue and and they still haven't figured it out. Absolutely. And so, so, you know, like I, I, I have, I, I have not hidden the fact that I want a hundred thousand subscribers within two years. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I have not hidden the fact that I want to get a million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. Because that's, that's the sidewalk where people are walking on. You know, you know what I mean? And so like we're going to do what it takes to make that happen. We're building a set right now. And me and Jeff are going to do a weekly live YouTube show. It's going to be ridiculous. That's awesome. Just it's going to be very entertainment driven. I'm I'm sure there'll be theology in there. Uh but it's going to be just a kind of like a fun like we're trying to think, what what would be a fun thing like you want to watch with your homeschool kids?" You yeah. know, like that. Yeah. And so so like that's that's going to happen and you know, God's just been blessing our ministry and I feel like we found a way, we really found a way to monetize Christian media that people haven't found found yet. Like so just just talk just a minute to talk about how awful Christian television is. Because <laughs> a lot of people don't know this, like it's essentially public access, right? So all the Christian networks are usually government mandated allotments of bandwidth on like whether it's direct TV or or uh, or cable, right? So the government says, "Hey, you have to require that a certain amount of your programming channels are Christian-based, right? Or religious in nature, or public access." And so they do that. So these nonprofit organizations get set up, and the nonprofit organization says, "Okay, well, we don't have any money to pay you, but if you have content like we really want to air it, and so and and so that so that's what happens is." Is 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 there's no like the network like CBS or or NBC they pay a lot of money to have programming on their show on their network they yeah. pay for programming but in Christian television it's the opposite the the content provider is expected to pay for the programming and because of that there's no financial incentive or no financial gain in terms of um, in 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 terms of like creating good content now we're still a nonprofit organization but we 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 still have a principle that says, "Look, if you don't like our stuff first off you're not going you're not going to pay you know, hey, pay apology, and you'll get blessed a lot of money like that's <laughs>
3: right <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: the incentive is, hey, look, if you like what we're doing, if you really want to support us, here's what your money get you know we have all access, apology all access it's a seven ninety five a month donation, and for that donation, you get." every episode of Apologia TV on demand. After the TV show, there's an after show, which is maybe 30, 40 minutes, maybe longer, continuing the conversation of the previous TV show. So, so for seven ninety five a month, you get all these lectures. Jeff did a great eight part course on presuppositional apologetics and Mormonism. And so you get that reformed theology. And we're, we're always putting up new, new classes uh, as we go. And, you know, a year from now, there'll be, you know, days of content. Yes. And stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now, are coming in. They're helping us build this, this stuff. And we want to add new TV shows. I'm working on a new podcast that'll be politically based. It's called, uh, two lesser evils. Ultimately, you know, our goal isn't to get big for our sake. So I just, I think I need to stress that. Like when I talk about having a million subscribers, it's not, it's not cause we want to be famous, right? Yeah. But it's because we want to make Christ famous.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So, so the way the world works is, uh, you you have you have to you have to have an audience that's big enough to matter for what you to for for what you say to matter in the public sphere yeah and so like our goal is to matter in the public sphere when we speak about theology and politics and god and christ being king we want it to like we want we want to be at the point where if we say something on the radio CNN has to do breaking news and be like oh those guys at apologia you won't believe <laughs> Right, like We want to control the conversation that's happening in the media. And the only way to do that is to get to a position where people recognize us and know us. So having a million subscribers on YouTube, that's a big deal.
1: Well, we didn't get to eschatology. We talked about it sort of incidentally. But Marcus, I'd like to put it out there now because Nathan is about to wrap us up. And we know you're – by the way, our listeners, as soon as Marcus has done this – He's doing his own thing again, yeah. recording something new in any any moment now uh, that we want to get him onto um but we um love to have you back sometime, brother. maybe in the summer, we haven't set our summer schedule yet, so I'm putting you on the spot to yeah, talk man. about eschatology and its impact on cultural engagement
2: yeah you know, I think you should have Jeff on to talk about that stuff. He knows way more about <laughs> like, like I'll just tell you this, like you know like I'm obviously post millennial sure. I'm, yeah, so I I do believe things are getting better, and you know I, I I can point to I'm not talking about morally or just in our country particularly. I I, I just I would just say this: how in the world is the gospel going to be defeated when when we can send out a tweet and a million people can hear the gospel? Yeah, yeah, all across the world. It's like how do you stop that? Yeah, yeah it's incredible. <laughs> So, it's, you know, and so so obviously, you know, things are bad in our country. I mean, Trump or Hillary or you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of what it seems like right now. Right. It's, like that's not good for our nation. But our nation is not the context in which we look at what God is doing. If You, you could go to China and you'd be like, man, like in China, like what what's happening in China? You know, they have more Christians in the underground church than members of the Communist Party. And so, and then like, you know, in Africa, like Vadi Bakum is in Africa right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so so something's happened in Africa that Vadi was like, I got to get over there. Yeah. You know, know, so in other countries, uh, you know, all this stuff is happening. And what's going to happen is, you know, uh, either America is, you know, there's reformation in America or there's destruction of America. And either way, the gospel is going to come out of that. And on top of that we won't have to rebuild from the reformation we'll already have the reformation right so some people don't think about that what happened? what does reformation 2.0 look like right like you yeah. don't we don't have to invent electricity the second time around yeah. We, you yeah you know we don't have to invent the internet the second time around so when the reformation 2.0 happens we'll already have that you know it's it's not that far away it, i mean you know like whenever god blows his spirit on this earth again for the reformation, another reformation, like things are going to nuts. And, and I think, uh, Christians, we need to be planning for that to happen and, uh, just say, Hey, what's going to happen when, when, you know, the gospel takes over the world again. Cause Absolutely. That, so, so I'm excited, man, man, so. we
1: are too, Marcus. This has been great, man. Thank you so much.
2: Oh, no problem, man. Uh, I, I enjoy being on the show I, I I told y'all before I'll, I'll let the audience know that y'all y'all sent me a request and i never listened to y'all show and i was like well let me listen to their show and i was blown away i was like man this show is awesome
1: oh man thank you marcus <laughs> well,
2: man this show is awesome so i listened to y'all show and uh i just think what you do you know you do it with grace and and compassion uh you know i, I listened to the tulian thing and i like how y'all guys handled that was awesome and and so, you know, so just keep on doing what you guys are doing, man.
0: Man, thank you. Yeah, brother. thank you so much. You too. It's been so great having you on. We're going to go ahead, um, wrap up and sign off now. Guys, we just rocked the Apology
1: Apologies, Doc. These go to 11.